What does it mean to be intelligent? Immediately, we may think of figures like Albert Einstein and those who possess a genius level IQ, people who have committed much to memory and have brains like computers. Yet today, this traditional understanding of intelligence has taken a major shift whereby those who have excelled in their IQ are being overshadowed by those who have mastered their EQ, emotional intelligence. Today, we are joined with Sheikh Mikael Ahmed Smith, a teacher at the Qalam Seminary in Texas and author of the book, With the Heart in Mind, The Moral and Emotional Intelligence of the Prophet Join us as we unravel the profound concept of emotional intelligence to not only better our lives and relationships, but to better our identity as Muslims and embodiments of the prophetic sunnah. Whoever studies the Prophet and how he managed the Arabs at that time who were like wild beasts and over a short period of time managed them to become leaders of the world. Whoever studies that interaction realizes that this man was the most intelligent of all of Allah's creation. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Shaykh Mikail. How are you today? How are you feeling? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. A uh, great day here in Dallas, Texas. Kind of cloudy, rainy day. But alhamdulillah, Allah's blessings. So many blessings. Alhamdulillah. How are you guys doing? Alhamdulillah, it's an absolute Alhamdulillah, an absolute honor to be to be with you here today, Sheikh. It's this is a topic that's very close to my heart as well. Uh, if you pardon the pun, emotional intelligence. Subhanallah. Sheikh, let, let's just like jump straight into it. For those that are unaware, for those that are just tuning in right now, they don't know what emotional intelligence is. If you can just capture emotional intelligence, what is it? Yeah. So let's go deep into it. We got time, you know what I mean? So let's, let's go deep into yep. it. You know what I mean? You know what you could do actually, Kamal? You mm -hmm. can look at the, the acronym RULER. Take the acronym RULER, right? R-U-L-E-R, -E right? Take each one of those letters and it, it breaks down into what emotional intelligence is. So let's go into it. So number one is emotional recognition, right? The, the ability to recognize emotions. Now it happens on two, two levels within yourself and with others as well, right? Mm -hmm. Then you move over to the U, which is understanding. Um, that's what someone's ability to understand their own emotional state and understand the emotional state of another person. If we move over to L, the L represents label. Like they say, they say a nice saying, if you can't name it, you can't tame it. If you can't name it, you can't tame it. And what that means is we have to actually build our emotional vocabulary in order to be able to name the feelings that we're actually going through. And then we have uh, E, which is expression. And, 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 and this is, see, this is deep. This is deep. So Imam Ghazali teaches us, right? That every single thing that God placed within you is there for a reason. And, and, and our job is to learn through the sunnah, the most beautiful articulation of that thing inside of you. You know what I'm saying? And protect yourself from a negative uh, expression of that emotion. You know, like you take something like, uh, I don't know, something as simple as like tama, greed, right? Greed. Um, so why would God make us have this, this greed within us? Imam Ghazali is like, because if you didn't have that, you wouldn't eat. You would just be sober. You, yeah, no, nah, I'm good, yo. I'm good. You'd die. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So anger, anger, another thing. Like anger is beautiful when it, when it stands up in the right place. You know what I'm saying? So, so anger 
in its right place is beautiful. It's mm. attractive. It's, mm-hmm. it's alluring. Yeah. Huh? What's that? And it, and it can bring change as well. Positive change. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, how how did the prophet say something caused? It, there was moments of anger. Like, mm-hmm. yo, but when I mean anger, true. I mean... It was in line with the aqal. It was in line with the aqal. It was tied up. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Oh, see? see? I read your book. At. I read your book, Sheikh. I read your book. <laughs> Yo, that's what's up. That's mm. what's up. So, so, so now we move over expression. By the way, by the way, the expression part is embodied in one narration where it's a famous narration. Everyone has heard this narration, but we get the barakah of repeating it again. The Prophet uh, uh, his 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 son or grandson had passed away. Forgive me for the lack of memory. Um, I think it was his son had passed away, and he was crying. Mm. Now, crying is an expression. It's something from the heart. It's a it's the mm. it's the outpouring of an emotion, right? But in his society, it was it was un uh, it, it it wasn't right. It wasn't seen as something a man. It was a weakness. Does. It was mm. seen as a weakness. It was, it was it was seen as definitely weakness. Hundred mm. percent. Mm. Now, now, and this is where we got to talk about the prophet Sallallahu challenging the, the emotional standards of society. So mark that down. We could come back to that. Mm. But he's crying. I want to finish this narration. He's crying. And one of the Sahaba is like, yo, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, because you're the role model for mm. everyone. And he said these amazing words. He says, tedma, The eye will cry. And the heart will feel huzn, sadness, grief. Wow. He said, but we will never speak anything except what pleases God. And so what this shows is that while we are allowed to emote as a verb, like we're allowed to emote. And that's a part of the prophetic experience in life is to emote. He had a amul huzn. Hmm. He had a whole yes, year, named the year hmm. of... Hmm. And, and for us to act like it's, oh, oh, men can't have times of sadness. And he had a whole year of hosen, man, subhanAllah. Mm. So, so the emoting part is, yes, the heart's going to hurt. The eye will cry. Alhamdulillah, that's prophetic. That's, that's, that's within the scope of prophetic uh, teachings and guidance, right? Mm-hmm. But this is where the aql comes in. The aql comes in by divine light, right? Intellect. And teaching mm. it. By the so that see the intellect like like an eye the intellect basira the intellect doesn't see in darkness mm-hmm. it needs light and that's where Imam Razi he says nur ala nur is the connection between the basira I'm pointing to my eye but I'm referring to the the heart's mm-hmm. ability to to see so nur ala nur is the nur of the heart combined so. with the nur of divine revelation mm-hmm. so so like. If you want to see correctly with your and see things as they are, that's where the revelation kicks in. So, uh, so the aql, which is the I'm I'm referring to the qalb, mm-hmm. the 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 role of the aql is to regulate. Like, oh, stop there. So you're like, man, why did my son die? Uh, uh-uh. uh. The aql is like, no, we we never say that. We can cry, we can be sad, mm-hmm. but we got we got to control this thing here. Mm-hmm. We have to be in control. And and I think uh, Kamal, like this is what every man woman. Uh, a Muslim should understand from the sunnah that uh, expression of emotion is part of the sunnah and that moves us on and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys speak mm. but I, that moves us on to the last R the R is for regulation and that's exactly what this hadith was all about is wow. yes you express but you regulate as well wow. you know what I'm saying 
Mm. Well, I think you've touched powerful. a lot on there, Shay. Like there was a lot, I think in the beginning, it's always really good to set the parameters and set the framework and given those definitions that you said. Uh, but al-aqal and al-qalb, right? The heart and mm. the intellect. Um, reason, you could argue reason is a projection of intellect as well. So they go hand in hand with one another. But you also talked about how we're unable to articulate as well, yeah. perhaps. So like for many people, the action is reactive. Like whatever, whatever reaction, it's almost like a reflex. Mm-hmm. Mm. But what we find about the Prophet ﷺ is this amazing ability to, now this is going to sound trippy, right? This amazing ability to almost mentally slow down time and choose what he wants to do mm. in some of the most ajib situations. Do, can I, let me give example. Mm. There's an example in the book. Okay. So for many people with small EQ, the, the space between stimulus and response is immediacy. Immediacy. And that's where after the action, they go, dang, man, why did I do that? Hasteness mm. is from the right? devil, as some people yeah. say as well. So exactly. So, mm. exactly. so if we could take that al-ujala mm-hmm. and what that would mean is like space out the stimulus in the response so that you can choose which response to make. Well. So the, the best example is when the Bedouin comes up to the prophet and he immediately, he just yanks at his cloak yeah, and it, it, and it leaves a mark on the blessed skin of our, our beloved prophet Muhammad peace and blessings be upon him. And, um, the crazy part is as the prophet turns around, he's already smiling as if, He's controlled that emotion already and he's ready to move on. Like, and so he turns around and what happens? He's smiling. He's like, yo, what, what do you want? What is it? And he mm-hmm. starts asking him for money, this and that. So, so for many people, and by the way, a lot of people think, oh, stimulus and response. I can't control that. Th- that's false. Like when they talk about police training, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot of like high intensity training is about learning how to separate the, uh, how to create space in between the response and the stimulus and stressful moments. I think that's that's pretty epic the way you've mentioned that these feelings are natural. Like it's very normal to feel anger, very normal to feel sadness, but it just comes back to that art of regulation. The Prophet Sallallahu was a master of that. You know, many so a balance. time we would think that, you know, the the prime example of a Muslim is someone who doesn't get angry. But then there's the mm. quote of like Imam Shafi, I think it was. He goes, himar. The one who yes. is made angry and doesn't get angry, then he's a donkey. Like mm. we have yep. emotions. These are innate within us, but it just comes back to that art of regulation that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as you beautifully illustrated, had mastered. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to, to move along because this is not only about emotional intelligence. You've spoken about moral intelligence. How do the two... I guess correlate or what is the relationship between the two moral and emotional intelligence okay. okay so check this this is very interesting so Kamal Muhammad here's the deal I'm sitting in the lab you know what I mean sitting at the computer you know just in in the process of deep work trying to hash out this uh concept of emotional intelligence and how it connects to the prophetic uh to the prophetic paradigm right mm-hmm. how does it connect to him because the more I read about it the more I realize this is him he mastered this. This is our art that has been lost and Muslims need it. But what I realized is that emotional intelligence is a tool for change. Now, what do I mean by that? 
All right, so let's back up just a little so we can make this beautiful entry into moral intelligence. So as I said, ruler, recognize, understand, label, express, regulate. All of those things happen on two levels, intrapersonal and interpersonal. Uh, beautiful. Once you touch upon that. Yeah. Yeah. Once you practice all of those things within yourself, right? And, and I'm going to say it right away because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, very theoretical. You got to sit down, man. Mm-hmm. You got to sit down by yourself. You got to turn your phone off. You got to sit down, do your thicker, sit quiet for 15 minutes, sit down for five, 10 minutes, learn how to listen to the self. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get back to the point, but a lot of people are too uncomfortable with themselves mm. and that's because they don't know themselves, right? So you have to, and, and our salah is all for that. Mm. When you, after the prayer, sit down, stay there, listen to your heart, be with yourself for a moment. A, a lot of us, we can't, we can't be quiet. We can't be in a quiet moment. So I just wanted to put a pragmatic aspect to know yourself in an Islamic context, mm. the know yourself happens in those moments of silence and reflection. Mm. That's where you get to know who you are better. Reflect on the day. Reflect over what happened throughout the day, and that will get you to know yourself better. And if you know yourself, hey. you know your Lord as well. That's correct, right? Exactly. Man, arafa nafsahu, arafa rabbahu. A beautiful, beautiful statement of Imam Ghazali and others. Such an epic. Eh, eh, subhanAllah, it's beautiful. <laughs> so, so, so let's move forward. So knowing yourself is the key to knowing other people. What do I mean knowing other people? Emotionally, mm-hmm. understanding them, being able to listen to them, and so on and so forth, right? Now, this is what I, this is what I understood. There's a quote in the book by Imam Suhawardiyu, and he says this beautiful, epic quote where he's like, whoever studies the Prophet and how he managed the Arabs at that time who were like wild beasts, and over a short period of time, managed them to become leaders of the world with the best of etiquettes and manners. Mm. Whoever studies that interaction realizes that this man was the most intelligent of all of Allah's creation. Wow. Now, what that statement tells me is our individual ability to access the heart of another person and to influence that heart is a sign of our emotional intelligence, number one. But there's a problem. Bro, before I became Muslim, we knew what emotional intelligence was, but we used it for a different reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Like, we had a whole different... Yo, yo, get inside their head. You got them, yo. Manipulation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's all about the manipulation. How can you take advantage of someone? How can you exploit someone by alluring them? So, so, so basically, Kamal, Muhammad, what I realized, I was like, look, I understand that the intelligence of the prophet has this emotional component, but it can't be just the emotional because we see that being used by so many manipulators. Mm-hmm. And that's where I discovered the research on moral intelligence, which I now connect to the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look, put it like this. Simple example. If someone who just wants one clip from this whole podcast, <laughs> you ever you ever got certified mail where you got a sign for it? Mm. The prophets have a role. They have a role, which is a responsibility, not a role. They have a divine responsibility. With a khadna minan minka wa minan minan nabiyin wa minka wa minuhan wa ibrahim. 
There's a whole verse about this. There's a pledge that was taken from the prophets. Like you got a job to do. And we know the epic moment. Hajjatul Wida. Prophet is in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And right there in front of everyone by the, by the miracle of God, everyone's hearing his voice. It's an epic moment. He's an elderly, older man now. And he keeps saying, yo, khuduwani. Khuduwani. take from me. I might not be here next year. And everyone's like, yo, what is he talking about? He might not be here. <laughs> he's standing in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And he says to everyone, did you get the message? I'm going back to that mailman analogy. Did you get the message? They're like, everyone's like, yes, but the prophet said, it was epic moment of the sirah. He lifts his hand up like this. He looks up to the sky and he says, Allahumma. Ishhad, oh Allah, you hear what they said, right? Bear witness. As if I got the message across. Now here's the disconnect. We have many du'at that have the knowledge. They know the revelation. They know the Quran. They know the hadith. They know the rational philosophical arguments against naturalism and, 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 and atheism and feminism and all of the isms. They know it. But they're forgetting one thing. That information has to be passed over to a heart, not a computer. Hmm. So, so, so this is the connection between moral and emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the tool by which the knowledge of revelation is passed on to the next heart. You use emotional to pass on the moral intelligence to another human being. That's the interconnected between the two. That's the interconnected, right? So, and so our job, our job as, as just brothers, fathers, friends, all of that is to increase our moral intelligence. Keep learning Quran, keep learning Hadith, keep learning Fiqh, keep learning Tazkiyah to Nafs. Learn that, but also master the art of understanding human beings. I'll give you an example. This is, this is, this is just mind blown emojis right here. Allahu Akbar. Hadith Bukhari. Can't nobody say nothing about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Hadith Bukhari. All right. Aisha radiallahu anha says this. Heavy hadith. She says in Bukhari, the very first verses that were revealed were verses about the akhirah. She says small surahs. Akhirah. About fire. About hellfire. About qiyamah. This and that. Then she says, until people got strong. Now, this is heavy. She says, once people became strong, nazal al-halal wal-haram. Then the halal and then the haram came down. Mm. Check this. But this is the best part. She says, not me. She says, if the first thing to be was revealed was don't drink alcohol, the people would have said, we will never stop drinking. Which people? The people that later became the best people. Allah, Allah. Allah. She says they would have said no, never. And she says if the first thing revealed was never stop, uh, uh, don't commit zina, then the people would have said we will never stop. Allah. This hadith <clears throat> has been forgotten in the Allah. scene of da'wah. Allah. It has been forgotten. Allah. And, 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 and to me, this is the best example of understanding the nature of human being, of the human being, and the nature of human change. The revelation did not come down at one time. Every Muslim knows that. Yeah. Revelation came down over. Alcohol, prohibition, slowly. 
how come we don't slowly work with converts? Mm-hmm. The heart. Yo, do mm. the huh? you, We've you, forgotten about the hearts. Like even personally yep. speaking, I don't mean to be condescending or or very, I think, overcritical of certain uh, madaris. But I've seen firsthand young kids, you come up to them, they, I hate saying this, but they have a resentment towards the Qur'an. They have a resentment yep. within their hearts towards the Qur'an. Like, why do you hate the Qur'an? Then when you see the way the teacher's teaching him, he's bashing him here, hitting him there, doing this, yep. doing that. And you wonder why he doesn't like the Qur'an. Mm. Well, the most beautiful book on the face of this planet, the most beautiful book, <laughs> the most beautiful book that is a, is a rahmah, uh, 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 a means of peace. By the best of This is a, a cure and, and a mercy. And he resents it. Why? Not because the Quran is, 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 is a book that made him feel resentful. Mm-hmm. But rather the teacher that was hitting him, treating him ill. And we wonder why. Wallahi, the yeah. heart. That's similar to converts as well, because it's become like a revolving door syndrome where we don't actually bring them in enough, and we will, there's always a bit of a gap in the distance. Subhanallah, and it's worlds apart from the Prophet mm, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Look at the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a teacher, and I don't want to take away from you on the stage, Sheikh. But when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was teaching, Ya Mu'adh, Wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Allah. Ya Mu'adh, Wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Wallahi, I love you. I love you. I love Three you. Times. Don't forget after every salah, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika ah, wa ibadatik. What a teacher. And then we compare yep. this teacher with the teachers of today. I'm not down. We have beautiful teachers. I'm looking at one right here. But no. like, I'm joined by you. Where do we draw the No, the no, line? yo, listen, listen. It's okay, man. We got to. We got to be real, man. Like, I, I, I respect the reservation in your tone because what's happening right now is this negative, uh, what's the word? Uh, reinforcement. So like mm. the mo I forgot the exact term, man, forgive me. But you, just what you're saying, this child picks up the Quran and the last thing he remembers from childhood was that very mean face, that very like, like those harsh moments. And I mm. was in a madrasa, man. I witnessed this firsthand you mm. know I'm, i was an older student i converted when i was 19 so when i went to tahfir the memorization of quran they treated me a little different a lot different because mm. i was older mm. but i i saw it i i saw it and 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 i know people till today who still have that negative connection immediately that ptsd man from for, they, they're away from they're away from the and he said something deep he said there's a revolving door and this is important because the next generation of teachers who listen to this podcast, they need to ask themselves, just because your teacher did that to you, you got to stand before Allah by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to ask yourself, wait, is this the way I should be doing this? I know this is how they did it before. Cool. All right. I'm not hating on them. They lived at a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, listen to this. Ali radiallahu anh said, Rabbu awladakum lizamanihim. He said, Rabbu, train and educate your children for their time, not your time, Mm -hmm. because they were created for a time other than your time. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say here is like, we have not understood the emotional aspect of Islamic education. And what I was trying to do in this book is to show Muslim men that understanding emotion and connecting to someone on an emotional level 
is not some fluffy, psychological, da-da-da-da-da, Western, whatever. This is prophetic. Mm -hmm. This is a part, you know, when the prophet said, the best of you is the best of your wives, and I'm the best. First of all, the prophet is challenging men. We love challenges. Mm -hmm. Second of all, the articulation or the, not not the articulation, but the, uh, uh, how does that come into being? the fruit to see that into fruition is through emotional nourishment mm-hmm. to understand the needs of Aisha. Here's an example. He says to Aisha, just chilling with her one day. Oh, Aisha. Everyone knows this hadith. I know when you're angry with me and I know when you're happy with me. Well, by, by, by what she calls him, my well. Emotional recognition, emotional understanding and labeling right well. there. Wow. He, he spent that time to watch her. He spent that much time to understand her. And then he spent the time to express to her that I understand you and I know you. Hmm. Do you know how, how, you know how, how good she must have felt? Because she's noticed, she's watched by the busiest man on the planet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man, my, my, my role in this book was to get people to understand if you want to be more like the prophet, you need to understand people. Hmm. And and the smallest things you can do on the Yom Al-Qiyamah will be the biggest rewards. You make a Muslim smile. You make well, a Muslim feel good. Well, something tiny, tiny, tiny. Well, you come on Yom Al-Qiyamah, you're like, man, where'd this come from? Oh, you brought happiness to one person's well, heart. What? How did I do that? You know what I mean? Like Emotion's a powerful thing. I think um, I recall a story of my teacher's teacher. And he was telling him, and one, one day he was in the madrasa, and the teacher said, he, goes, uh, he called him by his name, he said, come here. And he goes, do you, want, do you want me to tell you this, the secret of religion? Do you want, do you want, I will give you, this is it, this is it. And he's like, okay, okay, what prayers can you tell me? Which uh, What's he going to tell me? And he goes, come closer. He went closer. He said, come closer, come closer, a bit more. He said, okay. And then he just hugged him. Allah. He just hugged him. And he goes, that's, that's the secret of the religion. Love, mm. yeah, unalloyed. Yeah. That's what it is. At it's just love at the core. Until of you it. love one another. Subhanallah. Yeah. But going back, if Yo. I could share uh, briefly, um, you talked about anger as well, and we talked about anger, how that can be somehow misconstrued, but it can also be if it's rooted, definitely it can bring about some change. But uh, you also mentioned about Imam Al Ghazali, and I remember I think Imam Al Ghazali was teaching about the some call it the three brains or the three parts of the brains, right? So you have your ask them. I've got it written down here. It says you ask them, so which is always fearful. But at the root of it, it's always desire. So it's food, security. It's very primitive as well, where many of us remain. Um, and if we are left to our own devices, it will, come, it will become very destructive. And Imam Ghazali called this the pig brain. But then we have our midbrain, right? Which is the center of emotions, right? And it's mm. this irascible soul. But if you remove rationalism, you become belligerent. But it's very guarded. So you have the pig brain, which is your ostem. Then you have your midbrain, which is your dog brain. Mm. But then, if those two, you know, are fighting with one another, it becomes problematic. But you have your frontal, the faculty of intelligence and emotion, which kind of discerns falsehood from truth. And I've written here, that's what we really need in in order to lead us as well. But like I said, when the two, when the ostem and the midbrain collide with one another, the pigs and the dogs, wallahi, what what are we left with? We're just pigs and dogs. Yo, that's heavy. You know why? The front of the head. Mm-hmm. Like Allah knows best. You know, the Quran is constantly showing us beauty. 
but I, I just, as you're explaining that the importance of the, 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 the front part of the brain, the neocortex to mm -hmm. regulate everything, you know? And I think in the book, I talk about how Imam Ghazali says that the, the aqal, if we could call that front part, the mm -hmm. aqal is supposed to be the king, mm -hmm. right? It's supposed to be regulating everything. All right, you over there, you over there, you over there. And many times in society, the aql is put to the back and we let the, the pig brain and the dog brain like, yo, it's Saturday night. Do what you need to do. It's your night, yo. <laughs> What's the saying, Shaq? Yeah. Is without aql, we're all knuckleheads. I think I heard one time. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, you opening another can of worms, bro. You better be careful. But even in Arabic, the word aql, it comes from the word to tie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tie your camel. So like tie use your 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 mind, your soul to tie everything. The up. reins. Allah. Yeah, Allah, yo. Reins. Imam Ghazali says the reins. Hold the reins, yo. Don't let mm. the reins go, you know? Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. But Alhamdulillah, going back man. going back to what you're saying in order to move the conversation along. So Shay, how can we use this emotional intelligence uh, to foster relationships with those around us? For example, we have situations in the workplace, um, in marriage as well when it becomes really yeah. hard, sometimes you may have to read between the lines with what your boss is saying or your spouse is saying. Mm. Um, how do we maximize this? And we just came out of a lockdown as well. Yeah, we yeah. came out of a, like a three month lockdown and they said during that time, people were just always, you know, smashing well, like, heads. Mm. Sheikh, you were saying as well, um, now that we're left with ourselves, you said this in the beginning, people don't know what to do. And for those who don't really um, affiliate themselves with any source of divinity, well, like, they've got no vices. They're just stuck. So they don't, they're really freaking out because they have no, no source to go back to. Perhaps it was just all vices yeah. and nafs. But I think, I know you're yeah. a fan of poetry. I think Hafiz said, um, he said, you know, I wanted to take a long journey. Uh, I wanted to go to travel. So I sat down and I sat still for three days. Oh, Allah. And that's when, he be, that's when he knew the essence Allah. of himself. Oof. SubhanAllah. Sound yeah, bites, so man. Talking, really cool. Yeah, you were talking about how do we take this emotional intelligence into our families and stuff mm. like that, right? Into our relationships with bosses and a relationship with colleagues. And so, I, man, I always give the example. And I think one of uh, Kamal's poems, man, Spoken Word, we talked about this in the podcast where mm. it was it was two people talking to each other, you know? Depression. Which one was yeah. it? Dear Depression. Yeah, yeah. So that one to me spoke volumes about what our the function of emotional intelligence is on a friendly basis, on a brother-to-brother, sister-to-sister level, which is to recognize pain, understand pain, and be able to help and alleviate that pain from people. That, that's, that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. Um, and, 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 and so I think we need to pause there for a moment mm -hmm. and realize like, like, I have a responsibility of the brothers and the sisters around me that I'm, I'm aware. Like I call a friend, I text him or call him and I hear something in his voice and I'm not just like, oh, he'll be all right. Mm. I'm like, no, yo, you sound a little different. Everything's cool. He's like, yeah, I'm all right. Like, no, no, no. Yo, what's up, bro? What's going on? Like we need to actually care about people on that level. And that goes within the family. That goes at work. That goes brother to brother. But I think that poem that uh, you know, Sidi Kamal had uh, put together, it beautifully shows the relationship, how we need to connect to people on, on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. The other thing I wanna highlight is you said something very deep um, that the teacher, your teacher's teacher had mentioned about the hug. Mm -hmm. In my book, I have a whole section on physical touch, mm -hmm. right? I don't know y'all if you remember that section, Kamal. Um, 
physical touch is amazing because first of all, it's, it's the, it, it's, it's the biggest sensory organ of the body, right? It's the, it's the biggest sensory organ of the body. And there's so much information that we get through the skin. And one of the things I tried to present in our, in my book was the prophesied systems usage of hugs, of handshakes, of patting mm-hmm. someone on the chest. Like he, he was close to people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and subhanAllah, I've had the privilege, I'll say, of working with some children on the spectrum of autism. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what you learn is physical touch communicates too much emotion for them to handle sometimes. Do you understand what I mean by that? Like there's so much information being communicated through a physical touch that they're, it, it, it like triggers. So it's not easy for them to take. So you have to help them and do different things. I guess what I'm trying to highlight though, is the importance of a hug, man. The importance of a handshake. You know mm. what I mean? A smile. Like, and literally, literally, literally the prophet Sallam spoke about the values of two hands touching each other. Like literally, like you shake hands and go like this and sins are falling off. Like what? Because like skin to skin touch has an effect on another human being. Man, you know, in yo, I saw like in China, they literally hire like touch therapists. (laughs) You know what, Sheikh? They have, um, there's this crazy thing, subhanAllah, where people hire people to hug them them when they sleep. I don't know if you... Yeah. It's a bit creepy, but... It is. But I yeah, guess it yeah. works in the Yo, the what family. you mean? What you, whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean a bit creepy, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Without being... Yo, that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's how creepy on the, right there, bro. I get a little other room. It's actually, it's actually crazy, subhanAllah. No, no, but it, it speaks to the deprivation, the deprivation of deep touch, deep connection. Well, yeah. It speaks to that. It speaks to that. And that's why I think a lot of our families... In certain cultures, certain cultures are more close than other cultures. And we're talking about positive touching. We're not talking about negative mm-hmm. touching and mm-hmm. abusive touching. We're talking about positive touching. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And and the Prophet Sallallahu was all about positive touch, man. All about positive touch. You know, so many people, you see, he walks up to his friend. He bear hugs him from behind. He sees mm-hmm. another dude. He smacks him on the chest. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, another person. He's shaking hands. Like, so... He's connecting to people on that emotional level. He's not distant from them. He's close with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I presented a number of studies that talk about the, the, the dopamine releases that a person gets just through skin-to-skin contact. You know, you ever notice, I don't know, in Australia, y'all got that free healthcare stuff, don't y'all? Yeah, Medicare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over here, we, we pay for everything, right? Yeah. So do you know when the baby is born, it, to you, this is going to sound crazy to, to your listeners. Mm-hmm. When the baby is born, they hand the baby to the mother so the baby could mm-hmm. could be on the mother's chest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that that's called skin-to-skin time. They call mm-hmm. that, they label that, skin-to-skin. Do you know they charge, they charge for skin-to-skin? I've heard the prices are like exuberant amounts. It's like, wow. like 500, 600 bucks. <laughs> wow. So, so I know it's crazy. The, there's two things we're talking about here. First of all, how messed up America is. That's one. <laughs> the land Whatever. of the free. <laughs> the second thing is the fact that they've put a sticker on a price tag on mm-hmm. this skin to skin contact because they know how valuable it is for this child the moment it comes out of the womb to connect to another skin and be there. 
You know, and, and so many. Now, why is this important? If you are a father, 30 years old or however years old listening to this right now, you need to hug your children. Well, you need to wrestle with them. You need to play with them. The Prophet Sallallahu used to wrestle with Hassan Hussein and he used to, they used to ride on his back and stuff. Well, so the, don't be this kind of distant kind of like, you know, no, be close. And a lot of us, we, we can't do it because it wasn't done to us. Well, but when are you going to break the cycle? You know what I mean? The Prophet Sallallahu so, Alaihi he broke the cycle himself. When the man said, I have 10 kids, I've never kissed one of them. He goes, mm -hmm. man, I kissed my it. children. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and he got it a bit. So, but as an orphan, subhanAllah, where did he get that from? Subhanallah. You know what I mean? Did he did he really subhanAllah, man? You so. actually spoke about the importance of touching, diffusing a I guess a, a tense situation or an aggressive situation as one of the oh. mechanisms in emotional intelligence. And we see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's going around the Kaaba, and one of the before yeah. he was a sahabi, he comes around and goes, I want I want I want to kill him. Yeah. The most hated person to me is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, by virtue of a touch. The most beloved yeah. people to me. How did that happen? How did, of course, yeah. the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam may be exclusive to him. Rasul. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but listen, listen, listen. I, I, I will admit with you, that touch... The prophet is different. No yeah. one, we don't have that, right? 100. But nonetheless, nonetheless, we still see the the benefit of it. Like we still can see in our personal lives when you walk in the home, man. All right, yo, there's a hadith. <laughs> Aisha radiallahu anha said, the prophet Sallallahu would never walk in the house. Hatta yubashiruna. He would touch us. Yeah, Rabbi. He like. How many husbands walk in the home and it's just like, what's for dinner? Where's the food? Yeah, what's for dinner? Yo, what's going on? Yo, everybody's good here. I, I'm going to be in my office. Yeah, I mean, yo. You know what I'm saying? Because, because here's the deal. I was, I lift, I listed, I, 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 I uh, put this research in the book where you, there's, there's, there's messages communicated through the tension in the skin, man. Like you hug someone, you can feel anger. You hug someone, you can feel joy. So, so like, like, and and in the, I put the research when they said we truly have not unraveled the mysteries behind touch. Like these are scientists speaking that we haven't understood what touch means. And when I read the hadith where the prophet says, "Tasafahu, tasafahu fenu yadhabul ghid," shake hands because it removes. Hatred well, and animosity. Well, Listen to this, Kamal. Yo, I want you. To, yo, you gotta, you gotta put this in one of your spoken yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. Check this. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is what I always say, Muhammad. Hear me out on this. There's software, and then there's code. Okay. By Windows, I use Windows as a software. Do I know the code behind Windows? No, but I benefit from it. I write on it. I, 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 I put pieces together. I, I write books on it. Right. So check this. This is what I say. The Prophet ﷺ gave us the software. The science and the discoveries is the code. They're going to catch up one day. They're going to discover. But benefit from the software that the Prophet ﷺ gave you. Allahu Akbar. You feel me? Look, look. Allahu the Prophet Akbar. already said, shake hands. You'll yeah. see the effect of it. Now the research is back there trying to figure out the code. Allah, like, yo, Allah, Allah. how does this affect? How I, does this happen? I'm to, like, yo, y'all, go ahead. I have to stop you there. Muhammad. Yes. Who does this remind you of right now? 
Oh, you put me on Shake the hands, bro. Shake hands, bro. Who was that? Oh, Ibn uh, no, Ali Ibn, I, yeah, we had the, it on the, the viral street fight. It was just on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Shake hands. Yeah. Shake hands. Because I'm, yes. I'm not leaving until you shake hands. Ibn Ali. And subhanAllah, you, we just saw it manifest mm -hmm. before our eyes. Put your hand back out, bro. You're going to shake it this time, I promise you. Put your hand back out, bro. You're going to shake it, bro. Y'all be good, bro. Yes. Yo, even in sports. Listen, I put this in the book. Even mm. in sports. Whenever two teammates mm. fought, mm -hmm. first there would be a punishment, go run laps, mm -hmm. okay? Mm. And then the final the final moment is the coach says, "All right, you two shake hands now." Mm. Sportsmanship. And it and it wasn't you got to see it, man. Mm. It wasn't like they just shake hands, they're good. Mm. And if they did that, he would like, "No, shake." Mm -hmm. And once they properly shook, then it was as if everything just yeah. sorry to went away. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh Touch gloves, touch gloves. Yeah. Conor McGregor, uh, Conor yeah. McGregor, Khabib, it wasn't happening. It just oh, even, wasn't happening. Yeah, it didn't happen. And whoever better than that made a lot of money, haram yeah. money, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, Sheikh, you actually talking, you know, when people can actually feel, um, you can feel, you know, the hatred or the love when you hug and when there's that contact. I think what we always have to remember is that Rabbani intellect, right? Mm. That divine, the divine presence as well. Mm. Um, the Rabbani heart the lordly spirit because there's always a continuous battle uh, you know between the good the evil uh, the physical the intellectual but to tie in with our last question and I've written it down here presence is such a large part of emotional intelligence how does one achieve presence in an overstimulated world because there's so much because noise has become the hallmark of the modern world oh, so if, we, if you could give us some practical steps for our listeners and viewers at home what would be those practical steps to, to give back, presence. to trace back to the honey, to go back to the sweetness, to the to the divine essence? So, Bismillah, you know, when it comes to presence, um, I think what we really need to help everyone understand is that all of us are human beings, not human doings. Hmm. And what is truly human is being in time and space, right? Kun fayakun, be, be, right? Listen, man, what do I mean? All of us are in the rat race. But at the end of this rat race, you're going to look back and, and only remember the moments you were present in. So what is life except moments that you lived in, not lived through? Mm. Our, our audience needs to realize that if all of your days are living through existence, what are you going to have at the end, man? So first thing to answer your question, people need to hear over and over again the importance of, of, of experiencing life. Experiencing life. The greatest... Yo, Muhammad, hear me out on this. What is the greatest single act that a person can do on this planet in the sight of Allah's divine sharia? Ashhadu, I bear witness. Bearing witness is just being present and seeing something. The foundation of it all is to be present and say, I see that you're God. I'm here and I, I recognize that. Why am I, why am I saying that? You can't be a witness if you're not there. If you're not there mentally, you're not there. Hold on, hold up, hold up. Y'all not hearing me, man. Subhanallah. A witness 
the judge, if you tell a judge I was a witness and the judge is like, were you there? You'd be like, nah, I wasn't there. <laughs> You'd be like, yo, you ain't a witness then. <laughs> okay, okay. Everyone in the list, every listener agrees with us. Now we ask them a next question. Is there a such thing as mental being somewhere and mentally being checked out? Every one of our listeners is going to say, yep, I've had a conversation with someone who wasn't mentally there. Mm. Was that person a witness of that moment? No. Their body was there. Their physical body was there, but their soul wasn't there. Their mind wasn't there. Their heart wasn't there. Mm. Now, here's the issue. Imagine 24 hours. And in that 24 hours, in every moment you're in, you're looking to the next moment. Here's the question. When did you live? Every Yo, you got to put it down. Look, there's a moment in time. So in this particular space and time, this moment in space and time, my mind is in a different moment in space and time. So at what point in time do my physical presence and my mind come into the same space and time? Unless you force them to do it. And, and so I guess the first thing, Muhammad and Sidi Kamal, that I really want our audience to get is how much life is wasted by not being mm. present in the moments that we experience. Right, right, and right. guess what? Guess what? Children and elderly people, they will teach you presence. 100%. They will teach you. 100%. Your children, man, if you... Yo, my, my kids, they're all under eight. If I'm there but not there, they peep it right away. 100%. I'm sure you would know that. 100%. Okay, I'm about. My boys, yeah. you know like, what I'm play with me. Play with me. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there. Yes. Play with me. Yes. But yes. It's yes. a lesson that kids can always teach their parents as well. Yeah, I think Malcolm and, X and, 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 and the elderly. Look, let mm-hmm. me tell you. I, there's a story I always tell a, a good friend of mine. Uh, Muhammad. Abdul Ali. Muhammad. His grandfather, Rahimahullah, passed away now. About a few months before he passed away, his grandfather had come to visit him. And so he was living, uh, his grandfather was living with him or he was at his place, one or the other. And Muhammad tells me, he was like, whenever we had to go out or do something, I would try to do it for him. Mm. And he would say, stop, let me do it. I just need you to be here with me. Inshallah. You know, and our mind is, we got to get somewhere. Mm. His mind isn't, I got to get somewhere. He's on the clock. We, he's not on the clock no more. He's like, yo, I'm living life right now. But for me and you, it's like, I got to get somewhere. I got to do something. So the first thing I'm doing, and I haven't even given practical tips. Because right now, I think giving practical tips before people really re- understanding what's at stake here mm. is pointless. And I really want our listeners to think for a moment, how much of my life will I actively say that I witnessed and was present there? Uh, And how much of it did I live through? Now, I'm not talking about living in the moments of when you get home from work, living in the moments of when you reach places. I'm talking about even the drive back from work. Every moment has infinite potential but it's as if we use some moments just to get to the next every moment has infinite potential do you know what i mean by that mm-hmm. say say subhanallah right now subhanallah and In, infinitely preserved infinite right there infinite potential that moment in time has gone it's gone it's three seconds it's four or five is that many seconds ago it's gone but it has infinite potential 
what, what I'm trying to highlight is as you practice mindfulness, you will learn how to be mindful in very important situations. You and your wife sitting down for dinner, chilling, you know, you, you and your children playing, you'll be mindful. But then this is where it becomes mind blowing. You'll learn how to become mindful in what seems to be mundane, mundane. You're making your coffee in the morning, man. You're making your coffee in the morning and now you're actually present. It's not just like, okay, what am I doing over there? I got to do, okay, whatever. Where's the cream? No, I'm in it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm slow. Everyone always thinks it means that I just start moving slow and everything. Like, yo, Muhammad, what are you doing? Uh, Why are you moving so slow? I'm being mindful. Nah, you don't got to be slow. I'm being present. You know, know, I'm being present. Uh We can still get stuff done, but... I think there is a very important aspect of slowing down in life periodically. Mm -hmm. Like, and and listen, we have five daily prayers. (laughs) It's as if God has trained us and given us a membership to a club of mindfulness. We we already got the membership. Mm -hmm. Every salah is a moment for mindfulness. Listen, we practice presence five times a day. You know why? Because the moment... The moment you get out of Salat, now you could be mindful with your children. Now you could be mindful with wifey. Now you could be mindful with your mother. Now, five times a day, practice of mindfulness. Practice of, man, it's an it's a, it's a, it's a ocean of knowledge on this mindfulness topic. I'll say this, man. I think what we need to do is first have some deep conversations with ourselves about how I'm living life, number one, and how I'm living through life and not living mm. in life, mm. number one. Uh, number two, a lot of people are waiting for like spiritual experiences. And Hamza Yusuf, uh, 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 Hamza Yusuf, may Allah protect him. Amen. He's like every moment of your breath, breathing is a spiritual experience. Mm. The fact that you breathe in oxygen and then it, mm. uh, you know, how it goes through your body. That's a spiritual experience, man. Beautiful. If you just stopped and thought about it, Amen. like what's happening. You know? So every moment in life is spiritual. If you're able to see uh, God's hand behind it. Um, and so, but I would say just to give some pragmatic steps, Allahu Akbar. I would say the first step would be distractions, removing distractions from life as much as possible. So what that means is, uh, I'm going to physically remove things away from me that will, that will, uh, take me away from what I'm doing. I I read something. I got an email the other day. Uh, which was talking about living in a state of continuous partial focus, partial attention. Mm. So we do everything with a partial attention. Like literally, uh, you if you think about the word while you go throughout the day, you'll realize every moment I'm doing something, my half of my mind is somewhere else. And so the idea is like learn to recognize that the prayers are going to be the first place where we learn to say, I don't want to mentally go forward or mentally go back. I want to mentally be in this moment right now. I want to practice feeling the air around me. I want to practice feeling the carpet under my feet right now. Do something to bring your mind to what you're experiencing in your body right now. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's some of the ideas of mindfulness. This is an ocean of a topic. Oh. And I hope our listeners really start to do research and, and realize the importance of living in the moments. And then realize that Islam has already given you the answers mm. to this if you practice it in the right way. How many of us, Sheikh, like live to the ages of 70 or 80, but not actually living, you know, not cognizant, you're not actually there because we follow these gray areas, these habits, which 
have like destructive tendencies and we're just not present. We're present, but we're not present. Whoa. So like we said with prayer, yeah. you need to you need to disconnect to connect. Yeah. But you said, you, Can you I said add something, Muhammad? Sure. Hold on, Muhammad, there's something else. You know, in the Al-Amalu bin Niyat, right? That's all about presence. Mm -hmm. Being. Think about it. What is an intention? It's being, knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. How much of our life is on autopilot? Mm -hmm. And this is one more thing I'm going to say. I truly believe every Ramadan is a neurological reboot for mindfulness and presence and intention. Mm -hmm. well. Why? The moment you wake up in the morning, the most mundane thing, drinking water, you're like... Comes the big, biggest oh, blessing as well. Oh, let me put that down. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, I don't think you get what I'm... I, maybe I'm not articulating myself well. Check it. When I pick up something to drink, it's, it's mundane. I do it so much. I don't think about it. <laughs> Ramadan comes, what happens? Stop. No, you think oh, about... So, you're... Okay, I got it better. <laughs> Sorry. You, you ever, yo, you ever notice how hard it is to drink water the day after Ramadan? Yeah, because yeah, you always think, no, right. yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't come natural. Right. It doesn't come natural. Okay, so there you go. So what happened in Ramadan was this major system reboot. Mm -hmm. That reboot, some people have to wait till they're like forty-five and go bungee jumping for a reboot, mm -hmm. bro. bro. Mm -hmm. Midlife crisis. They haven't thought about what they're doing their whole life. Every year, Allah says, I'm going to stop all you things you do. You're going to stop eating. You're going to stop drinking. You're going to get a reboot. By the time this month is over, you'll be able to start new trends and new habits and new mindfulness every single year Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Allahu Akbar. Yo, it's deep. It's deep. It's, it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. And, and you know, it's funny. We look at Ramadan and we're like, dang, man, Ramadan's about to break my coffee joint. Mm. Ah, here it comes. It's about two months away. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. It's going to hit city side yes. as hard, that one. Let it break you. The, mm. It's supposed to break habits so that you can bring back the habits you want in your life. Mm -hmm. If you if you're annoyed by every smudge in the mirror, how will you see clearly, right? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Yo, to all the listeners, to all of our listeners, please check out a few things. I gotta do a shameless plug here. Oh, uh, Alhamdulillah, I, I give halakas every Wednesday evening. It's on my Instagram page and on my uh, Facebook page and YouTube page for Qalam Institute. Dot org. Check us out. Uh, all of my podcasts are on Qalam's podcast. You can check it out. Q-A-L-A-M Qalam. It's just a big Q right there. Alhamdulillah. Check that out. And check the also book out. the book, inshallah. The book check the book out, inshallah. With the heart in mind. If you Google with the heart in mind, it should go to the link uh, at Qalam's page, inshallah. Thank you so much, everyone. May Allah make us people who connect to other human beings Amen. the way the Prophet wasallam connected to other human beings. I'm going to leave everyone with one hadith. A man came up to the Prophet wasallam and said, who do you love the most? Thinking that he was the one. <laughs> the Prophet wasallam made everyone feel loved. Yeah. May Allah make us people that make everyone uh, thinks that we love them the most, inshallah. A beautiful way to end the podcast. Jazakallah khairan. Thank you so much. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.